Yeah. You know, the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is indifference. So when you start to get into that place, that's really not okay. Wouldn't it be great if your marriage had a warning light that came on when it required a little maintenance? Unfortunately, that doesn't exist, but there are many warning signs that you should look out for. Dr. Karen Sherman explains. Stay tuned. Are you signed up for our free newsletter? Wait, you thought I was going to talk about the wine club again. Nope, not this week, as much as I love it. This week, I want you to visit hitchmag.com and click the newsletter navigation link. There, you can share your email address, and we will give you all of the week's great content delivered to your inbox, including the most recent podcast. It's the easiest way to be proactive in your marriage. Again, visit hitchedmag.com and click the newsletter link. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined again with the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hey, Steve. So Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Uh, She is the author of several uh, books, and she has a new program out, all original content, audio and video tools produced, created by Karen, called Pillars for Partnership. And you can get information on that at her website, drkarensherman.com. We today are going to talk about a topic uh, that I think is really important uh, because we don't have a lot of gauges in our lives. And I'm surrounded by metrics all over the place. And I stare at an analytics dashboard, I feel like, you know, a couple hours a day. Uh, And But when it comes to marriage, we have a hard time a lot of times knowing where we stand, what what's the right way up kind of a thing. Um, And it's so personal that many times we can't see the forest through the trees. And I want to talk about being able to recognize warning signs. So with that in mind, I want to talk about some basic warning signs uh, in a variety of items. And so first, what's a warning sign, Karen, that your marriage needs more attention? First of all, Steve, I want to tell you that I think that this is a great topic that we're doing today because I think that a lot of people don't pay attention to warning signs and then um, it's often too late or there's just so much um, stuff that has happened that it makes it really difficult. And if they would look at the warning signs and pay attention to them, um, it'd be a lot easier to you know, attend to the issue before it gets really difficult. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if there was just a little maintenance required light that hits your life dashboard? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like a car. Okay. So I think that when you find that you're bickering with each other a lot, um, that you get irritated easily by each other, um, you know, that you find um, each other's habits are starting to really annoy each other, you know, annoy you because when things are going okay, you're able to overlook a lot of things. You know, the little things just don't matter so much. But when everything's starting to get on your nerves, it's it's probably, you know, indicative that 
in general, things are not going okay. So, so that whole umbrella would be one sign. Now, um, I'm, I'm, so when that happens, how can you separate um, that that your your marriage is in trouble? That that is a warning sign of your marriage, as opposed to you're really stressed at work, so everything around you annoys the crap out of you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, I think what you'd have to do is look to see, you know, is there a lot of stuff going on at work or are there other things going on in your life that are really stressful? And so you're just generally irritated at everything. But if it's you and your mate that are bickering and irritated at each other, are both of you doing it? Is it one-sided? Are you okay at work? Um, or are you okay with your friends? But again, that negativity is between you and your mate. Those are the ways you can start to differentiate if it's the marriage or if it's something that's, that's you. Um, you know, if your mate is acting okay to you, but you start, um, uh, you know, but, but you're always irritated, take a little bit of a self-reflective attitude for a little while and say, okay, you know, am I stressed at work? Is there something that's really bothering me? Whatever. Um, but if you notice that both of you are doing now, of course, the problem is that if you start acting that way towards your mate based on action reaction, uh -huh. um, at some point your mate may be doing it just in response to you. So it's going to take a little bit of self-reflection, but you know, again, this is, this is one area where you can look at it. The other area is where the two of you are just sort of not feeling it anymore, you know, where you're just like disconnecting, uh, where you don't really care so much about what's going on with your mate. Um, there's a little bit of an indifference starting to set in. Uh, so that would be certainly a major indicator that there's a problem going on. Okay. Uh, now one of the other things, and this is like, I feel like this is the big fear of everybody. And I know we've talked about this a bit in the past, uh, but a warning sign that your spouse might be looking elsewhere. Yeah. Well, okay. So what you really have to look at is, is there a difference in the way your mate is acting? Okay. So if your mate, let's say, has always paid attention to their grooming, then the fact that they're now, you know, uh, changing their cologne may not be such a big deal. But if this is a person who has never really paid that much attention to their grooming and now they are, that's a difference. Or if your mate has um, always, let's say, called you to tell you where they're going to be and now all of a sudden they're not calling you to tell you what time they're coming home, that's a difference. What you're looking for is differences in their patterns of behavior. Okay. It can even be where the person is now starting to, again, be more upset with you because their tolerance is going to be very often less for you if they're starting to be involved with somebody else. And, and why is that, that their tolerance a, for you is less? I think it's a combination of two things. One is because they're in this fairy tale kind of situation that seems blissful. And so now when you come home and you've got the regular stuff going on and the mate doing their regular stuff, it's irritating. It's annoying. And I think the other part of it is that there's a little bit of guilt going on. And so that gets projected onto the partner and you become irritated with them. Okay. 
So when you start uh, or when you notice that your spouse is um, changing their common behavior, the way they look, the way they dress, smell, etc. Um, now, behave. I think behave. Beha- and behave, that is a sign that they might be looking for attention elsewhere. Um, it-, it could also be a sign, for instance, let's say the person has started um, – uh, shutting down more, going more to the computer, going more to going to sleep earlier. That doesn't mean that they're involved with somebody else. They could be getting depressed. Uh, if they're at the computer more, they could somehow have fallen upon a porn site accidentally and getting involved in that. The point is that you're looking, red flags are um, possibilities when you see that there's something different in the behavior of your mate. And I think I, I'm glad you brought that up about they could be going into a depression or something else because the context does matter. I mean, just because somebody changes their shirt doesn't mean they're looking to cheat on you. Correct. Um, I mean, we know that when the months start getting hotter and it's bathing suit season, people start exercising again. That's right. That's um, right. That doesn't mean that they're trying to woo somebody on the sand. Right. Um, okay. So then the next warning sign – possibly plural, uh, that I wanted to ask you about is, um, what is a warning sign that you need to focus or improve yourself a bit? Because we all know that, you know, one of the glorious things about life is growth. Yes. And I think that that's a tough one because most people, uh, find it very hard to be self-observant, self-reflective. It is so much easier to say, if only he, if only she would do so-and-so, it would be so much easier or better or whatever else. But again, if you look for changes in yourself, if you see that um, you've gained a lot of weight, if you see that um, you're not as motivated as you normally have been, if you see that you have less patience than you normally do, um, it's time to take a look at yourself and see what's going on. You know, why, why is that happening? Is this one of those things where it actually might be easier and more beneficial because you're married, because you can lean on your spouse to help you, um, recognize that stuff. I mean, you could explicitly tell them and I, obviously that raises the, the troubling aspect of them doing it in a manner that you're not receptive to. But if you say like, hey, I'm, I really want to, you know, lose a couple pounds, um, you know, would you keep me on point? Will you, you know, stop me from eating bad things or remind me to exercise if I'm getting off track or, you know, whatever it may be? Well, I think that you hit the key issue, which is who's your partner? Um, are they going to be the kind of person who can be supportive and not do it in a way that ends up belittling you or throwing it back in your face. Because once that happens, basically you've opened yourself up to being vulnerable and, and really feeling humiliated. Um, so it's really going to depend on what your relationship is in an ideal world. Um, or maybe not an ideal world, but in, in a world where the relationship is good. Yes, you should be able to go to your partner and say, you know, I've noticed recently that, you know, such and such is going on with me and I'm not happy with this. And, and 
you know, would you mind helping me sort it out? You know, I'm not really sure why I'm feeling this way. And, and you know, you talk about it. Um, I mean, I recently said to my husband that I had noticed something where I was getting the same reaction from him and each of my daughters. And I said, look, you know, all three of you can't be having the same reaction to me. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it, it's got to be something that, you know, I'm doing. And so we talked it through. Um, so, but, but, you know, that's my profession. So I'm open to, to doing self exploration. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a hard thing to do. Um, and again, it would be wonderful if you could go to your partner, but it's gotta be the kind of partner that you feel safe enough to do that with. Yeah, no, you're right. It is, it is your profession. So it is something that you're acutely aware of, but I also kind of feel like that's why people tune in, right? Because, um, if you wanted to learn how to throw a football better, you go to a quarterback coach. Right. And they're the ones that are super aware of the arm mechanics. So if you want to know how to better communicate and self-improvement and strengthen relationships, you go to somebody like you. Yeah. Well, let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So then uh, my next warning sign that I, I would like to discuss is that you're feeling neglected uh, and not wedding, getting what you need out of the marriage. So what is a warning sign that you are not getting that out of your marriage? Well, I think that if you find that you're turning to other sources, whether that be other people, um, eating, um, if you're starting to feel resentful, if you're, um, you know, you start to feel like you've made some overtures towards your mate, but you're not getting um, a responsiveness. Um, one of the things, and, and at this point, it it's really a little bit more advanced, but if you're starting to feel uh, disconnected, if you're starting to feel like you don't care, that's a major warning sign. And at that point, I would recommend that the person go to their mate and say, you know, this is not a threat. I'm coming to you because I'm really concerned. I have attempted X, Y, and Z to let you know that, you know, there are certain needs I have and they're not getting addressed and I'm starting to feel like I don't care. And I know that that's really not an okay thing. I think we really need to, you know, to address this. So, uh, essentially like marriage apathy then. Yeah. You know, the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is indifference. Mm -hmm. So when you start to get into that place, that's really not okay. Okay. I think that's a, that's a, I think that's a good clear cut warning sign that people should be able to recognize and remember. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully they never get to that point, but that's, that's a great one. Um, okay. And then my final warning sign I wanted to ask you about is uh, what is a warning sign that your marriage isn't prepared for some sort of a shakeup? Um, we, you know, so much of what happens in relationships and life in general are these unpredictable things. Uh, and so f for the person who's listening to this and thinking, you know what, totally in love with my spouse. We uh, have no, none of that marriage apathy stuff. I don't, I'm not concerned about them looking elsewhere. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Uh, but what about just a, a super dynamic shakeup such as a loss of a job or a loss of a family member or something like that? Like how can you tell if you're 
marriage is prepared for something like that? Or I guess to be fair, is it possible to ever be prepared for something of that magnitude? Well, I'm smiling right now because the truth is I don't know if you if anybody can ever know how they're going to act, you know, in situations like that because hopefully you haven't had a lot of that. I mean, obviously, if you've been through many situations that unfortunately have been stressful, then you sort of know whether you as an individual or you as a couple um, can deal with it. If you're resilient, if you're hardy, you know, if you have good stress uh, stress mechanisms, you know, for coping. Um, but truly, when things like that happen, most of us really don't quite know how we're going to deal with it. I mean, obviously, um, if the couple is able to um, talk to each other, um, divvy up tasks, support each other, etc., it's going to make things better. But in reality, you never know. Now, interestingly, mm-hmm. what I have found in my couples is there are some couples who may not really get along as well as I'd like to see them on a day-to-day basis, but in times of stress, they sort of rally and the stress brings them closer. I've had a situation where a couple really had like to me the worst possible thing. They lost a child Mm -hmm. and they were really there for each other. It brought them together. When Sandy hit, because I live on Long Island, Mm -hmm. any of my couples had to deal with you know, the trauma of Sandy of not being able to go to their homes and, and, you know, traveling around and the flooding and everything else. And for every one of those couples, I said, okay, how are you managing? And many of them said, it's really brought us closer together. So you really don't know how you're going to do in times of stress. And for many people, it's like, okay, let's just put away all our other baggage. We've got to work together now. And the result of it is, wow, we really know that in times of need, we're there for each other and things work out better. That is extremely interesting. I mean, this is something that you hear a lot about soldiers and and different things of extreme stress uh, where people become more bonded Mm -hmm. uh, in in those types of situations. Um, I mean, is this this something almost like a, a fight or flight type of a scenario where you're not quite sure until you're put in that kind of a situation, whether or not you're the person that's going to come together or you're the person that's going to start wandering. Right. Right. You know, I, I, as I said, you know, I, I think I've said this before, you know, I, I came from a very difficult childhood. So I sort of know I can depend on myself because I, I've dealt with a lot of difficulty, but luckily most people haven't had to go through a lot of trauma. And so you know, you, you don't quite know how, how you're going to react when, when that kind of thing hits. Not that I've gone through other types of trauma, but certain things I have. So you don't know how you're going to respond. Um, but when it happens, there are some people who unfortunately fall apart because they, they just don't know what to do. It just really rocks their world. But I think most people just sort of rise to the occasion. And um, really manage to be there for each other. I think that's very interesting. So, so for those couples who really rally and come together in, in crunch time like that, what, what kind of advice do you give them in order to keep that 
going so when things calm down because i know there are people that just kind of feed off of drama and not that you know anybody would wish that kind of drama on themselves but how do you keep that going so they don't need to constantly be in a state of crisis i mean you see this in business management type scenarios Mm -hmm. where there are bosses that just need chaos all the time in order for them to to work whereas when things are calm and running smoothly they they become almost incompetent at that point Yes, I I think that's a good point. I think what you have to do is extrapolate from the situation what were the things they did that helped them to get by or work well together. In other words, was it communication? Was it that they split the chores up? Was it that they were supportive of each other? Was it that they were open about their feelings and then build on those? You know, it's not any different than when a couple comes in and they said, oh, we had a good week this week. I don't say, oh, that's great, and then just move on. I say, tell me what was great. Tell me what you did that was working because then you want to build on that. So you you just have to really unpack, shall we say, the situation and really look for the details of what they did that allowed them to get through the situation and then, you know, reinforce, look at this, you you can do this and then just keep building on what it is that they did. Okay. That makes, that makes great sense. Um, And I, are, are there any other things that we should hit on warning signs for marriages or, or did we cover most of it? I think. I think the only thing that I want to say is that um, if you are feeling um, upset about something or neglected or, you know, whatever it is um, and you're attempting to communicate it to your mate and they're not responding, please try to communicate it in a different way. I have so many couples who come in and the person will say, well, I've been telling you for the last two years. And the person looks at them totally clueless. And I have no doubt that the one who voiced the statement that I've been telling you was in their way. Mm-hmm. But if, if you didn't see a response in some way or a change, understand that communication is a two-way process. It's the... Um, the sender of the communication and the receiver. So it may be that the manner in which you've sent the message wasn't sent in a way that the receiver got it. Try to change it up. Try to say it in a different way so that you might get a different response. Um, is this be- is this one of those love language things, uh, getting into Gary Chapman's stuff? Um, I don't know if I would say. It, it might be one of the love language things. It could also be just a male-female thing. You know, a male very often works in actions, and mm-hmm. he could say, well, you saw that I was unhappy because, you know, he's sitting on the couch a lot. And the woman said, you know, I just thought you were tired. Yeah. Um, whereas he may need to actually say it to her. Or maybe the woman hints. And men don't get hints by and large. Biologically, they're not built for it. She, has, she may have to be more direct. The point is, if you're not getting heard, say it another way. Okay. I, I, think, that's a, I, I think that's a really great uh, point when it comes to warning signs because if you feel if – you're, if, you're, if you think there are warning signs, it's time to express that. Mm-hmm. Not just let it fester and yes. internal, internalize it. Absolutely. That's a great point. Uh, Well, that will do it for us this week. So thank you so much, Karen. You're welcome. Uh, I want to, first off, before we go, I want to say thank you. Um, I've been asking for people to uh, give us reviews or write us or whatever. And we got a really great one. Um, Somebody who wrote in and and mentioned how 
they had already asked their spouse for a divorce, even though they didn't want one, um, and they didn't know where to turn to, and they started listening to the podcast, and uh, her and her spouse decided to give it another shot and curb the divorce word, um, and that, you know, just makes my heart flutter. So I'm, I'm really appreciative of whoever that listener is out there for sharing that story, and I'm so glad that the information we provide uh, is helpful. And if there's anything else, any other topics that we can touch on that might further help uh, anybody out there who's listening situation, uh, please let us know. And uh, as I always mention, there is a giant podcast uh, email button on our podcast page on hitchedmag.com. So that's an easy way or through any of the social platforms, Facebook, Twitter, etc. Um, but that will do it for us this week. So uh, I want to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. She is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can find those books and her new program, Pillars for Partnership, an audio and video tool series, uh, all original content produced and created uh, by Karen at her website, drkarensherman.com. You can find... this stuff and links to it on our website hitchmag.com um and if you are i know a lot of people actually go to um, our website and kind of click through there and listen to the podcast on the website itself because we have a little audio player on there uh but an even easier way because uh, I just want to make this as convenient as possible, is if you subscribe either through iTunes or Stitcher, those are, I think, the two easiest platforms to subscribe to. Uh, the podcast will automatically download to your smartphone or whatever device it is that you listen to. So uh, hopefully you take advantage of that opportunity. So that is going to do it for us. So one last time, thank you so much, Karen. Thank you, Steve. All right, that's going to do it. Take care, everybody. We're on top of the world.